At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Yes, it is. Holden with Beeson. Yes, it is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. Big, big, big show for you. Ian Sinclair, play Colorado. We're going to talk about all the things that are going on in Denver sports. There is so much going on right now. How about Nathan McKinnon? Uh, breaking a bone in a fight. We're going to talk to Mark Springer, our Avs insider, about that and the Avs going forward. And the front range four. I got a good one today. Jokic, all of a sudden, the MVP front runner. Hmm, the Broncos win total. Got another bet uh, to talk about with that. Nuggets Pacers tonight. And then I want to look at the Rockies rotation. So let's just jump right into things right now. Front range four time. Top four sports stories on the front range. We're going to start... With the Joker, Nikola Jokic. This is going to be a shout out to my buddy Tyler over at Run Pure Bets, who has just been shoving Joel Embiid down our throats as the MVP all season long. And it's going to be nice to say you were wrong sooner than later because it has happened. Nikola Jokic, months too late, is finally the favorite to be the MVP in the National Basketball Association. I'm sitting on that plus 650 ticket. If you listen to the show, the early goings, you know, there was a time to get in on Jokic. Still might want to. Not for me, though. Here's the numbers. Jokic, plus 130 about two days ago. All of a sudden, things are starting to shift. The Sixers aren't playing as well. They've lost a couple of games. Embiid got beat head-to-head by Giannis. There was a, remember that straw poll? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. There's a lot more listeners now than there were back then. But there was a straw poll that ESPN came out with, 
and they asked a whole bunch of media members in different markets. I'll tell you about that in a minute, but all the way back when they did it in February, so it was a little over a month ago, all the way back when, uh, Jokic was second. He's first now, but here it is. Joker was around plus 130 uh, over the last few days. I wake up this morning, he's now the favorite at minus 134. So not only is he the favorite, he's the heavy favorite. Remember last week, Embiid was minus 162. Actually, remember like a few days ago, Embiid was minus 162. He's plus 110. So I guess if you think that Embiid is going to win the MVP, now is probably the time to hit it. Uh, Giannis is at 10 to 1 right now. That's a really crazy bet. So here we go. ESPN straw poll. And I think some of this has to do with this straw poll. I'm not kidding. ESPN still, they have a responsibility over there because so many people look at what they do and they go out and they either regurgitate what they say or they use it as betting info. You know, for me, I think if you're watching Stephen A. Smith, you're just dumber than you were before you were watching them. They do a lot of horrible programming. There's still some great things that they do, and they do some great things in print. And I love this straw poll here. Last season, Jokic, he got past MB, what was it, the final three, four weeks, like last year? It's kind of like this year. Uh, so ESPN goes out, they talk to 100 media members, and they've got an informer poll, informal poll, I should say, and it mimics the postseason award voting. So what they did was ask at least two voters from each of the 28 NBA markets. So at least two voters here got a vote. And then there's a whole bunch of national and international reporters. Okay. And the votes were just tallied last week from Thursday to Saturday. And if you'll remember, this team was slumping a little bit toward the end of last week. And I'm saying if they end up in the play-in game, Jokic is not going to win the MVP. And I still believe that. I still believe that. The good news is, is that, they're starting to move up the standing slowly but surely. But let's get into the latest straw poll, right? Jokic was the runner-up in the first straw poll. He was left completely off of five ballots. Why? I have no idea. But I guess they just forgot Nikola Jokic plays basketball. So here's the straw poll scoring. Ten, place, ten points first place, seven for second, five for third, and then you get a few for fourth and fifth. So here's the numbers. Not for the straw poll just for the actual numbers between Jokic and Embiid, and I'll throw some Giannis in there. Uh, player efficiency rating. I've talked about this a million times. It's kind of like if you're a baseball fan, per is like wins above replacement, basketball style, although they do have wins above replacement in basketball. But Joker leads the league for the second straight year, 13.83. That's ridiculously high. Just for an example, that would be the best single season mark all time. Like, Jordan didn't get there. LeBron hasn't gotten there. Kareem didn't do it. Single best season mark of PER, player efficiency rating, is happening right now with Jokic. He's got 19 triple-doubles. Embiid has two. Jokic has 61 double-doubles. Embiid has 40. He's averaging 26, 13 and a half, and 8. Okay? He's 12th in scoring, 2nd in rebounds, 8th in assists. He's the only player in the top 12 in all categories, by the way. Embiid, more points. 30 points to 26, okay. Uh, less rebounds, 13 and a half to 11 and a half, and then double the assists, eight to four, okay? Uh, he's trying to become the first center, though, to lead the NBA in scoring since Shaq did it in 2000. LeBron is who's up there right now. And then you got Giannis, who's averaging just about as many points as Embiid, 
just about as many rebounds as Embiid and more assists at 5.8. Personally, I would go Jokic, Giannis, Embiid at this point. Embiid's kind of tailing off, and that hurts coming from a Kansas guy. But you look at the straw poll, here it is. Jokic, who was left off of five ballots, he's the front runner again. Then it's Embiid, then it's Giannis. I would not place a bet on Jokic to win the MVP now. You know, I would wait and see if Embiid makes a late charge. Maybe we can get uh, Joker at more of an even price. But again, if you didn't get in at my plus 650, it's okay. There's more bets that we're going to have. I was not feeling great about it, but I feel pretty good about it today. I think the actual voting, though, again, it comes down to the standings. Nuggets stay out of the play-in game. They're going to be fine. Uh, I think that Jokic is going to win it. Philly has lost uh, three of five. The straw poll shows the momentum's behind Jokic. MB just lost a head-to-head to Giannis. I will get into the Nuggets and the Pacers in just a few minutes, but I wanted to address this first. Wake up, everybody. The Joker is where he should have been for a while now. Okay, let's move on to number two, Broncos win total. That is the second biggest sports story on the front range, at least for betting, right? Bet Rivers set the win total at 10 with the juice minus 114 each way. So 10 wins over under. You land on 10, you push. Minus 114 both ways. Now, here's something interesting. Uh, it's They're minus 162 to make the playoffs. They're minus 162 to make the playoffs. So I think if you think they're going to make the playoffs, just bet the over on wins. It's it's that simple because 10 wins might get you into the playoffs. 11's, you got 11 and 6 probably going to get you into the playoffs. But I look at the Broncos now, and this was an auto bet for me. And then I went back and I sat down and I really dug into it because I had set the line previously. And, and Ian St. Clair and I had talked about this multiple times. Like they're winning. If they set this thing at, 11 and a half, I'm going to go over. They set this thing at 10 and a half, I'm going to go over. They set this thing at 12, okay, then I start to get a little bit shaky. I thought they'd set it at 11. So I saw it at 10, you definitely hit the over. I definitely hit the over there. But again, this might be the most complete roster in the National Football League. The Broncos needed a quarterback. They needed a pass rusher. They needed a slot corner, a safety, and a right tackle. Okay? So they got their quarterback in Russ Wilson. They got Randy Gregory to, to, to rush the pass, uh, the quarterback. They got Quan Williams as their slot corner. I really like that move. And they still, while they don't have an official right tackle, they've got depth with Billy Turner and Tom Compton. I like both of those signings. And Turner's very versatile. He can play all across the offensive line. I think Compton could play a couple of positions as well. So there's still a few needs here. What are, why are you talking about this? This has a lot to do with the, with the over 10 wins bet. That's why I'm talking about this. Uh, they still need uh, an edge rusher for depth. They still need a safety, at least a safety, one safety, and a blocking tight end. Alberto is probably going to be involved in the offense in the passing game a little bit more than he has been in the past. Um, so they got an elite quarterback. They've got an elite running game. They got a wide receiver core with a huge upside. Good O-line. Terrific run stoppers. Loving, uh, loving the signing of DJ Jones. That's one of my favorites. This whole offseason, DJ Jones from San Francisco. They have possibly the best cornerback in the league. I'm not even kidding. Like Patrick Sertan, I've given you the numbers, how he shut down Tyreek and Devontae Adams. The best wide receivers come in here, 
and he's taking care of them. The special teams is going to be better because it can't get any worse. They're just loaded. This team is absolutely, no doubt about it, 100% loaded. And what they need to do this year is find a way to beat the Chiefs. What is it, a dozen straight losses to Kansas City? Absolutely unacceptable. I think that's going to change. I think six years without playoffs is going to change. A lot's going to change this year. And if they can just go three and three in the division, forget about four and two, five and one, six and oh. If that happens, that's amazing. If they can just go three and three in the division, split with the team, split with all of them. If you can sweep one of them, great. You're not, you can't get swept. You can't get swept by the Chiefs. Like that has to end now with Russell Wilson here. But let's just say they go three and three in the division. They go eight and four against the rest of the league. Now they have just eight home games and nine road games coming up and the official schedule isn't out, but we know who the opponents are. They get to face the Jets. They get to face the Texans. They get to face the Jaguars. They get to face the Seahawks. And it's not like, oh, we're just putting four wins in the win column. That's just silly to do that because you don't know how these teams are going to perform during the regular season. But the Jets have a million miles to go. The Texans are consistently, uh, or at least the last couple of years, just horrible. The Jaguars, laughing stock, Seahawks, rebuild. That's going to be a really cool game too with Russell Wilson. But there are some very winnable games. And that is why over 10 wins, minus 114 on Bet Rivers is the play. Number three on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Let's get back to the Nuggets. Uh, minus nine and a half tonight. Nine and a half point favorites over the Pacers. On the money line, they're minus 455. 234 is the total. There is a hometown special. If, you, if you're getting cocky and you think that the Nuggets are going to go out and absolutely obliterate the Pacers tonight by 20 or more points, you could grab minus nine and a half boosted to plus 370. So Nuggets to win by 20 or more plus 370. You're getting 3.7 back. You put $10 down, you get $37 back. Plus the 10, so you get 47. Okay, so that's the special. Here's, here's a special little note. The Jazz are an abject disaster. The same thing that happened to them last year is happening to them this year. They can't win a game and they are now tied with the Nuggets in the loss column. Now, the Jazz hold the tiebreaker, but the way that Utah has been playing, I mean, it's possible that this team, win, that the Nuggets win the division and get into the five spot, which even last week I thought was unfathomable. But here we are. Three days ago, the Nuggets had a 12% chance to be the five seed in the West. Okay. Now that's 25%. It has doubled a little bit more than doubled over the last three days. They are now up to 25%. They are 48% chance to win the sixth seed. 12% to land the play-in game. That's down from 25% three days ago. Three days ago, one in four shot of being in the play-in game. Today it's 12%. They've been playing much better basketball over the last couple of games. And again, the Jazz can't get out of their own way. These Western Conference playoffs are just fascinating. So the Nuggets have won two in a row. They've won three of four. And the Pacers stink. They have lost four straight games. Uh, the Nuggets, we'll see. I mean, they need to play better defense. They have been bad defensively uh, over the last few weeks. They do have the 13th scoring defense overall in the league, which is not bad, but... Efficiency has just been awful. 23rd in field goal percentage defense. So 
the shots that the opponents have been taking have been falling in, and uh, that is not good. That's got to change. But the Pacers just have a ton of injuries. They'll be playing on an extremely tight rotation. I don't know, eight, maybe nine guys, maybe. Um, the Nuggets are nine and two against the spread in their last 11 road games. I like them to win this game. In order to cover by nine and a half, that's a lot. If you're going to bet the NBA, I'm going to say this again. You can go pregame, but if you actually watch these games, just bet it live and hope to get a better number. And if you don't get that number, just get rid of it. Anyways, I just need this win. We need this win. If you tell me on the Jokic thing, it's looking good. If you tell me on the over 47 and a half wins, I think it's looking a lot better than it did just, I don't know, what, last week? At some point in time last week? Because last week, they weren't playing great basketball. And the sky was falling and the defense was bad. But here's the Western Conference standings. Just want to throw these out here one more time. Mavericks, 47-29. and 29. They've got a two-game lead on the Jazz and the Nuggets for the four spot. That's just not happening. Um, Jazz and Nuggets tied. Jazz have the tiebreaker. They've lost five straight games. Could you imagine a Jazz? Oof, that, that wouldn't happen. That would be a Nuggets-Mavericks matchup in the four and the five. So we can talk about that as things go on. Um, would it be better to face the Warriors? Who, by the way, are only a game ahead of the Mavericks, and they have lost three straight games. I mean, all of these standings could get completely jumbled up. It's entirely possible that the Nuggets face the Warriors, the Mavericks, or the Jazz. These are the three legitimately potential playoff matchups. In Minnesota, too bad for them. They're now two behind the Nuggets and the Jazz in the play-in game. If they catch the Jazz, fine. If they don't, who the hell cares? We just care about the Nuggets over here. So anyways, I need this win. Get over the 47 and a half. The Nuggets are 45 and 31, which means they have six games left. They need to go three and three for us to cash that bet. Let's hope that all they needed to go is two and three after tonight's game. Last but not least, definitely not least, because baseball's coming up. We are, I mean, we're closing in very fast. We're a week and a half away from opening day already. Now, I gave you my thoughts on the Rockies' batting order, their lineup on Monday. Talk about the Rockies' rotation a little bit here, okay? I think that's, that's important with this team. There's still a lot of Rockies fans, or at least baseball fans. It's fun to go to Coors Field and just sit out there and take your kids or take a date. Or go with a buddy or just go by yourself and hang out and sit in the middle of nowhere and look at the mountains and watch a game. All right, I was just thinking about doing that myself. Anyways, John Gray is gone. We know that. Here's what I liked about the Rockies last year. They had a 47.5% ground ball rate. Their, their, their pitchers did. That was second in baseball behind Cincinnati, 47.7%. Now, what's common between these two? They both play in, in a little band box. Actually, Coors Field is gigantic, but the ball flies out. Cincinnati is a little itty-bitty place, and the ball flies out. Um, here's what I really loved about the pitchers. Over 51% ground ball rate at Coors Field. Hey, what do we care about ground balls? Because that means the ball isn't going in the air, and that means that the ball is not going over the outfield fence. So we love ground ball pitchers here in Colorado. Um, we can get into Herman Marquez, though. So everybody's expecting him to be the ace. Little concerned about the second half of last season. He had a ERA over six, 6.12 in 13 starts. Uh-oh, but ERA doesn't matter. It's, it, you know what? When you got a 6.12 ERA, it shows that you're not pitching that well. Um, 
he's terrific. He really is. He has a park adjusted ERA plus of 115. What does that mean? You take all the parks into account and you, you, you take course field into account and Marquez is an above average pitcher. Uh, Antonio Sensatella. He's pretty darn good as far as a ground ball pitcher. Seventh most ground balls, fourth most double plays in the majors. Here's another guy. You know, we're looking for him to throw a ton of ground balls, try and get some wins here at Coors Field. That's the key. At least we figured out something about the pitching staff. You'd like to have a ton of strikeouts, and you'd love to have a ton of ground balls. And Marquez can do it. You've got Senzatella that can do it. And then Kyle Freeland. He's working on a new changeup. I love this. They always say, oh, your lefties need new changeups. You know, they need to keep the right-handed batters off of uh, – you know, off timing. I always thought right-handers needed to, too, though. I don't know why it was just left-handers. Anyways, he's a left-hander. Freeland, local boy, never forget. I'll probably, every time I talk about Kyle Freeland, I'll just talk about how I remember watching his major league debut beating Clayton Kershaw at Coors Field. It was amazing. Uh, anyways, coming off that shoulder issue last year, his strikeout rate is not great. Uh, it was the best of his career last year, 7.8 per nine innings, but eh, eh. walk rate, 2.8. That's pretty, it's better. Like he got a lot better last year. He's working on that changeup. I hope it works. To me, on a winning team, Marquez is going to be a starting, a third, a number three. Senzatella is going to be a five. Freeland's going to be a five. So they have a three, a five, and a five. To me, on a normal team, on a winning team. Then you got Austin Gomber. And a lot of you don't like Austin Gomber because he came over in the Arenado trade. It's not his fault. But I don't know why you're trading for a fly ball pitcher. He didn't pitch in September. Um, and he had a stress fracture in his lower spine. And basically, they found out that they used him too much. So we'll see what Gomber can bring. I just say, don't, don't hold it personally against him. It's not his fault that he was in the trade. It's the Rockies' fault that they didn't get enough in return. Uh, fifth starter, Chad Cool. They brought him in from Pittsburgh. He'll go. I like Chad Cool. Not a power pitcher or anything, but Pete Lambert, you know him. Ryan Rollison. Uh, ultimately, this rotation, they'll say it's the strong suit of the team. I need to see more out of Marquez, what we saw in the first half, not the second half. I need to see Sensatella continue to throw a ton of ground balls. I need to see Freeland perfect that changeup, get his K rate up just a little bit. You can stay healthy. The healthiest rotations, let me bring this up too. The healthiest rotations are usually the ones that are on the teams that are winning. I mean, you keep those three guys healthy. Marquez sends a Tela Freeland. You'll go over that number 69 and a half or 68 and a half. I'm just still torn back and forth as to which way to go. That's the number on Bet Rivers right now. Over under 68 and a half wins. I want to go 69 wins. I'm just not sold on it yet. I haven't sold myself on the win total for the Rockies yet, but it's definitely going to be somewhere, you know, between 65 and maybe 71, 72. That's why the number was set perfectly for the books, at least over at Bet Rivers. Okay, here's what's coming up. My buddy, Ian St. Clair, playcolorado.com. We're going to discuss a lot of the stuff I've already discussed. We'll get into the abs as well. Mark Springer a little bit later on, our abs insider. So we'll get his thoughts on the McKinnon injury and the abs going forward. And then I have a final note or two about the final four and some new overtime rules here in the NFL. Stick around. More of the 
Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers to come. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with a Bet Rivers app. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back, Denver Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It's Holden and our every Wednesday guest, Ian St. Clair. It's just wonderful to see him from playcolorado.com. I was actually reading a couple of things up on the site yesterday. The Colorado Avalanche, you had a little stuff on them. You had a big thing on the um, uh, on Nikola Jokic today up there. And, and listen, we've been talking about Jokic for MVP. It's been a big up and down ride here, but he's the favorite today. Hello, Mr. St. Clair. We got a lot to discuss, my friend. And if you can't see this, he's got his Pookie Javante Williams shirt on too. So get ready. We got some Broncos to talk about. Hello, dude. What's up, Holden? And we we have talked about Nikola Jokic and the MVP. That straw poll from ESPN, and those who haven't seen it, from ESPN basically asking NBA voters and media people who the MVP is. But Nikola Jokic took the favorite in the last straw poll. So that's why the odds have shifted. So the odds have shifted here lately. I, I think the straw poll actually did move the line a whole bunch yesterday and overnight, but it was already starting to creep toward Jokic like two days ago. And I don't, and I'm still trying to look back at what the reason is. Like what was the first thing before the straw poll comes out? Because as much as we like to rip ESPN and there's a lot of reasons to rip ESPN, they still have a massive impact on things that happen. You know, you come out with a straw poll, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, now we can trust it. Now everybody's right. Uh, Jokic is the favorite. I, is it because the Sixers have just dropped too straight and they're no longer in the top spot? I think personally that has a lot to do with it, but this straw poll just put it over the top. He's number one. I, I think it's also the consistency of Nikola Jokic. He continues to throw out double-doubles and triple-doubles. It, it, it's, it, it's insane what he's doing this year. And as good as he was... In 2021, he's been when he won MVP for 2000, what 2020, 2021. For the 2021 22 season, he's been even better. And he doesn't have Jamal Murray, he doesn't have Michael Porter Jr. And they're now within a puncher's chance of winning their division without all of that. And it's entirely because of Nikola Jokic. And for those who thought James Harden was going to take away. MVP votes, well, it's happening, but because the Sixers have not been good since he was traded to the Sixers from Brooklyn. And I think those two things, more so with what Nikola Jokic has been doing, is doing, and will continue to do, is the main reason that straw poll shifted to him. Yeah, I would just say this. The only chance that Embiid has of winning this now is if Jokic and the Nuggets end up having to go into the play-in game which those odds have gone way down. I mean, last week I was talking about this saying, I'm, I feel like I'm in trouble with that plus 650 on Jokic because they might finish in the play-in game. And then 
They get a couple of wins. The Timberwolves had a tough schedule. They lost to Boston too. The Jazz are free-falling for the second straight year. What is that, five straight losses? It's all lining up for Jokic to win it, and it's nice. It's nice to see that the voters, again, this is not official yet, but that the voters, more voters are starting to accept the advanced numbers. And the other thing is the first time they had that straw poll, five voters left Jokic off the list altogether. So I mean, it helps to get that on Philadelphia. You, the people you can you could always it's a safe bet. Whenever you see those numbers or who has Jokic as fourth, <laughs> you could you know those media people are in Philadelphia or around who else? Philadelphia. So they had two. So they have two voters from every single market, Ian. Okay, and then they got international and national voters. Let's try and figure this out here. So you got the two Philadelphia voters totally left them off. There's probably someone that's very senile and that was just, you know, it happened. I'll put somebody else as just an accident, an oversight. So who was the last one? What city was he from? Uh, uh or her? I'll say New York or Boston. Okay. Just because it's East Coast and they don't yeah. know that Denver exists. Exactly. Yeah. And you, but this is great. And this you, is great. You know, he's on the way up and up. And I, I really hope this works, man. I really hope he wins this award. This is going to be great. You And you mentioned the value dropping for MVP. Well, there's yeah. still value in all the sports books now for the Nuggets to win the division. The last I looked, most of them had it at plus 220 as we speak right now. Wow. So that's going to, as soon as the Nuggets more than likely beat the Indiana Pacers, they'll be the front runner and the favorite to win the division. And those odds are going to drop. So if you want to get on something that still has value for the nuggets, because it's not there for for Jokic to win MVP, it's that is the nuggets to win the division. Well, so we're sweating out Jokic MVP ticket plus 650. We're sweating out over seven, 47 and a half wins, which I think is looking a lot better than it did this time last week. And now you're giving us a bet on the division, yep. which what would you say last week the chances were? 5% maybe that we would even be talking about this? Well, the five- And it's amazing that it's happening to the Jazz again, Ian. It is. And what's fascinating about it is if you would, I didn't look a week ago, but I'm guessing they probably were around, what, plus 500 to win the division? And, and yeah. now they're tied right now in the standings and the Nuggets win over Indiana, puts them as leader for the division which is i'm gonna go insane. hit that now i'm gonna go hit it now plus 200 to win the northwest division yep on bet rivers and here's the deal they're tied with the jazz the jazz do have the tiebreaker but what do we just what do we know two games against the lakers i was like oh maybe they split those two games lebron's ankle is apparently the size of a watermelon yeah so maybe that's two wins if you want to attack the jazz right now ian got the way Plus 200 Northwest Division winner on Bet Rivers. It's a hell of a nice number. Yep. Thank you, Ian. Especially, Thank you very much. Like, yeah, like I said, especially before they win tonight because the, the books will shift the odds after the win tonight because they'll be in the number one spot for the division. And the fact that we're even talking about the Nuggets winning the division, as I said, without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr., it's all Nikola Jokic. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I agree. So here's what, what do the Jazz have? They got the Lakers. Then they got the Warriors who are struggling. They got a really good Grizzlies team, a crappy Thunder team. I don't know if the Jazz are going to be running out or the Suns will be running out their starters. Then they got the Blazers. They have a very favorable schedule too. But again, they're just playing horrible basketball. And it's a slow, slow burn, a slow meltdown. 
and you love to see it. Okay, number two to get to. Broncos. Do you remember what we were saying? Like, they would set the number at 11, right? Didn't we say 11 or 11 and a half, maybe, for the win total? Yes, that's what I don't it, yes. know how this ended up dropping at 10, but I absolutely love it. Uh, the second it came out, I hit it for a half unit. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go revisit. I just want to make sure I have everything together. Yeah. Full unit down now on over 10 wins with the juice at minus 14, 114 both ways. The other thing is to make the playoffs, they're minus 162, to which I would just say, just bet the over on wins. Because if they get over 10 wins, you're getting a much better number, right? So what do you think about this being set at 10 wins for the team that I think might have the most complete roster in the National Football League? I'm a little surprised. And I don't know if it's because they're buying into the national talk about how Russell Wilson dropped off in 2021, and that's because of his mangled finger when he hit Aaron Donald's helmet. So I, I don't know if it's that, because it, it, it's perplexing. And now for two to two to three years, we heard analysts talking about how the Broncos were a quarterback away. And then they get the quarterback. And now it's like, yeah, but there's still the Chiefs and the Chargers and even the Raiders. And what's fascinating about the Raiders is it looks like Josh McDaniels is going to Josh McDaniels the Raiders like he did the Broncos when he came here in 2009 when he traded Jake Cutler for Kyle Orton. Um, I don't know what's going on with Derek Carr and, and the Raiders, but you do you, Josh McDaniels. I, But I, 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 it's curious to me, but it's a great number. And I told you to jump on it, and you did. And I hope everyone jumps on it before the, the books realize that they're going to have some uh, accountability and um, money to pay up because the Broncos are going to, I think they're going to at least get 11 wins this year. Well, this just goes against my whole constitution though. I don't like betting NFL preseason props, just the injury attrition rate. If Wilson goes down, they're dead. That, that bet is dead, but it's, we talked about it way too much. This is a this is an 11 or 12 win team. Yes. It would be if, and you push it 10. I mean, they go 10 and seven. This is a 17 game season now. You get mm -hmm. an extra game. And to me, this is set like it's a 16 game season. It's just a, it's a great number for us. Unless they know something we don't know. But the rest of the roster is just built up now. Great running game. Really good receiving core. Address the offensive line. Probably still need a right tackle. I think I like Patrick Billy Sertan, Turner. Though. I like him too. And Compton. I like a couple of those pieces up there. Both of them. Defensively, I think they're going to have the best cornerback in the NFL by the end of the year. You just go look at the numbers, what he did to Tyreek and Devontae and the rest of these guys, right? He shut them down. He shuts them all down. They added a pass rusher in Gregory, they added a run stopper. And how and you know what? Maybe the biggest improvement besides for Russell Wilson is going to be the special teams. Yeah. How many games did they lose in special teams each every single year? At least one, right? At a least. minimum of a loss a year on special teams. Thanks, Tom. That McMahon. cannot happen again this year, right? No. The fact that they got rid of Tom McMahon automatically makes them better. But yeah. and keep this in mind: the Broncos won seven games last year, and they did that with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater was better than Drew Locke. The Broncos lost four straight games when Drew Locke was the starting quarterback. So if Teddy Bridgewater isn't hurt, he probably wins one to two of those games. So they're at nine wins, eight to nine wins from that point. Now you add Russell Wilson. I've said he's at least going to get you three wins, at least. So that puts you at 10. 
that pushes, as you said. Yeah, get it. Just get us to twelve. How about how about we get eleven? How about they start the year eleven and zero, and then they win the last six games, and then they go on and they win three more. There, there you go. I, Is twenty and zero good enough for you? Would that help? Would that help the buzz around here with the Broncos? Would that kind of bring it back to where it used to be? I, I yes, no, no questions asked. And it, it, Pat Bowen would absolutely love that. Woody Page would love that because he's been predicting the Broncos would go undefeated at least when they had a quarterback. So I wonder if he goes back to that in his uh, season prediction column of predicting nineteen and zero now twenty and zero. I, I, yeah, I think that would. I think I think most as hard as it is to please some Broncos fans, I think even they would enjoy that. All right, so we're both on the over win total. You gave us a nice little angle on the Nuggets there, so I like that. Uh, one more thing on the Broncos, and I'm never scheduled like the schedule will come out and Sports Radio's worst bit, and this is the this is worse than this Pete Rose deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. The worst bit would be going through the schedule and say, this is a win, that's a loss, this is a win, that's a loss. But what I can tell you, they've got nine road games this year. That's fine, eight home games. All they got to do is go 500 in the division. Finally beat the Chiefs. So end the streak with the Chiefs, end the playoff drought, end the Super Bowl drought, go three and three in the division, go eight and four against the rest of the league. Here's who's on the schedule. Jets, Texans, Jaguars, Seahawks. Wins. These are perennial, horrible teams. Let's just say they drop one of them. Three and one. Now all you got to do is go what? Five and three against whoever the hell else you're playing. Uh, over 10 wins. It's yes. the play. I don't even think it's close. Well, I had, Talk to me about the uh, – yeah, go. I was just going to say, and then in the division, they beat the Chargers last year <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater, and obviously they the, the Chargers came back and beat them. That They'll beat the Raiders now with Russell Wilson because – if either if Russell Wilson was the quarterback last year, they probably beat the Raiders. So you're going to get wins in the division. I agree with you. They're going to finally snap this losing streak to the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes will get his first loss to the Denver Broncos. Think about that. Since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, he has never lost to the Denver Broncos. That will change. So yes, I mean, just just to beat a dead horse, they're going to get ten wins. <laughs> beat the horse buddy you want to beat another horse i just saw this come out here during the show michael porter jr suffered a minor setback no decision whether to shut him down can we that's over can we just yes. stop it already with porter and murray yes like we both moved on right yes okay. I, there, there's i mean there's been talk for weeks that they're not going to come back yeah, they're not coming back. just there's no point to risk it the only way that – I've said this to you back early in the season. The only thing – the only way it would make sense for either – but Porter Jr. was playing at that point. The only way it would make sense is if they're able to come back fully without any limitations. They can get some games under their belt before the playoffs. That's obviously not going to happen. There's no need to risk it. Push it to next season. Let's talk about your abs, buddy. Uh, Mark Springer, our abs insider, coming on later, but you are a huge abs fan. And I went back and I watched the fight with McKinnon the other night. Uh, who was it? Dumba. Yeah. Just hit him in the face and he busted his hand. I want to get your thoughts on this. You're not going to change the way Nathan McKinnon performs or acts or the fire that he has. Do you really want this dude fighting, though? Seriously. 
Like, do we want these guys fighting at this point? This is huge. Let's just even say he misses the first round of the playoffs. You're trying to get out of it. It's a huge loss here. What are your thoughts on this, on this fight and the hand and him missing multiple weeks? It makes sense. I, I, I totally get it. Dumba had what he thought was a cheap shot on Miko Rantanen. Nathan McKinnon is going to stand up for his linemate, for his teammate. That's what leaders do. On the other hand, yeah. that's what Curtis McDermott is for. Let him do that. You don't need to be going around risking injury to, to send a hockey message, to get your team fired up. There are other guys to do that. You don't need to do it. And the other thing that I question is, either hand, obviously, is not great if you're in a fight, if you're Nathan McKinnon. That's a t I mean, the only thing that could be worse is if you – I'm not going to throw out injuries now because I, it's hockey and I'm going to knock on wood to even think about it. But, no, there, there's no reason for him to do this, especially at this point in the season when you're getting ready for the playoffs. You're already down Gabriel Landeskog. You're already down Bowen Byram. You're already down Samuel Girard. You do not need your best player to go out and get in a fight against a rival. Regardless of how you thought the hit went, let McDermott do that. Let some of the other guys do that. You do your thing, which is set Renton up or score goals. I, I don't like it. Hopefully it's not as bad as it could be. And hopefully he's just going to be out for the remainder of the regular season and he'll be back for the playoffs. That would be ideal. I, I don't think the Avs care about winning the president's trophy at this point. They won it last year. I think that was their goal. They don't care about it this year. They just want to get into the playoffs. But the only way you can get over that second round hurdle that I have talked about with you ad nauseum is to have a healthy roster. And you need a healthy Nathan McKinnon. And he didn't do himself or his team any favors by trying to send a message to the Wild in Dumba. No, it was it's bad. It's bad. And if if he is out that first round and something and they didn't they don't win, oh my God. And can what, you imagine if they play Vegas? Vegas is potentially oh. their first round matchup. If it's not Vegas, it's Dallas. Both of those teams are horrible matchups for the Avs. They do not play well against either of those teams. Look at the matchup. Look at the record against uh, both the, the Knights and the Stars. Do you really want to go against the team that just eliminated you in the second round and upset you and ended your run to a Stanley Cup where everyone, including me, thought that they were a Stanley Cup winning team and then Vegas comes in and surprises them and ends their season? Oh, and by the way, Dallas did it the year before that. So you need everybody ready to go and if nathan mckinnon isn't isn't going in the first round and you're going against vegas or dallas that opens the door for them to give you another upset that's absolutely brutal that is just so brutal and again you work so hard to get to this point to where you're back you've got your big guy you got mckinnon you got your stars healthy and now it's a situation that was a worst case scenario though it was the vegas lost to vegas in the first round worst case scenario like if and I don't even know if we should entertain this, but I'm going to. You'd be in a massive funk for at least what two, three weeks after that. Like once the season's over, it's very frustrating and it hurts, and you're moping for a while. But I don't know if if you would be fun to talk to for at least two weeks. Like I'd still want you to come on, but you'd probably be miserable. I, I will say, going through the brutal losses 
that the Avs had in the late 90s to the Dallas Stars in the conference finals has braced me for anything that happens to the Avs because those teams with Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg and Sandus Ozelin and all those guys, Patrick Waugh, those losses to the Dallas Stars were way tougher. I remember going to game six in 1998, and I think it was the 99 playoffs, and they were playing at McNichols. It was game six. They had a one nothing lead, and they had the, they had the chance to get a 2 nothing lead late in the first period. And I think it was Olsen Lynch missed a wide-open net up top on Ed Belfour, and that completely flipped. And then in the second, the second period, Mike Madano and that and Joe Newendike and that Dallas Stars team that still irks me to no level came out and completely took control of the game. Won game six, tied the series, headed back to Dallas to that horrible arena, and won game seven. So it, I'm I'm prepared for the Avs to do what the Avs have done the last three years and come up short. But those losses to the Dallas Stars in the in the late '90s, early 2000s prepared me for anything that happens negative wise for the Avalanche. Mm. It just sits with you to this day, huh? Oh, it did. Yeah, it's kind of like me in Kansas basketball. You know, <laughs> yep. just uh, Farouk Maneshed. And uh, Miles Simon, and just that night, Miles Simon was 97, him and Bibby. Yep. It just goes back, and those losses just never leave you. It's amazing how those losses never leave you, right? Is that the most, is that the most damaging loss in sports that you can remember? I remember when I was six or seven, and uh, my, my soccer team lost in overtime to this Irish kid named Ian. Huh? Mm, yeah. And yeah, I just realized that your name is Ian and his name was Ian. And it was really sad. And I cried. It was the last time I cried because uh, of losing something. But I'll say this, man, uh, that seems like it really hurts you. There was no Bronco loss or any other kind of loss that stung more than that. Oh, there are two Broncos losses that are way worse. 96 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. where it was at mile high in the divisional round. The Broncos were 13-3, and three, were poised to win their first Super Bowl, and they come out and lose to the freaking Jaguars. And then 2012, Peyton Manning's first season with the Denver Broncos, I, what I, feel, I still feel was the best Broncos team with Peyton Manning, and they lose to Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. That, and I don't know which that loss was, was worse. But the thing that stands out to me and still irks me to this day about that 2012 loss is after that touchdown that Joe Flacco flew to tie the game. John Fox has one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football. There's around 30 seconds left, and he has two timeouts. And Peyton Manning takes a knee, and they head to overtime. And keep in mind, they also had Matt Prater who held the NFL record or tied the NFL record for longest field goal, and you take a freaking knee and go to overtime. I got triggered. That, that My God, the, the fact that John Fox took a knee with Peyton Manning with two timeouts and Matt Prater. You can't see Ian's face right now, but it did definitely turn cherubic red. Um, no, it might have gone past cherubic red. It might, yeah, it's red. It's he's definitely not happy right now. I'm uh-huh. sorry that 
We had to revisit that, but I feel like you should probably go to therapy to get that out of your system. I probably should. The Flacco thing. I mean, that's yeah, that's on that was unacceptable. Um, can we try? Let's try and liven this up a little bit. Now I feel like I just made you sad. You come on this program just to talk and hang out and shoot it, and you know, here all of a sudden you're you're furious and you're throwing things and you're ripping your shirt open. Hey, let's talk about something positive like the Rockies. Has has that sound? Well, that that's a, that's a definite turn. <laughs> I'm not gonna bother you with that yet. I'll wait till next week to talk Rockies. Like, have you even watched the second of spring training yet? No. There's so much other stuff going on. No, it's the Final Four, man. And Final Four is coming up. Duke North. I mean, Rich Eisen, who I, I love. Rich Eisen. I, and that goes back to my back to my childhood of watching him and Stuart Scott on Sports Center. He had Scott Van Pelt on, who also worked with Stuart Scott. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was it was so apropos to talk about him. Because he loved North Carolina. And I cannot imagine how amped up and excited he would be for Duke, North Carolina, in the Final Four in Mike Krzyzewski's potential last game. I mean, the the scripts write themselves in sports, and this is another one of those. I mean, Duke, North Carolina, I don't like either school, but come on. That'd be like Michigan, Ohio State in a college football playoff. I think it'd be bigger. I mean, I think this is bigger. I don't think there's a better rivalry in American sports. And there's a few different reasons. A, you've had two of the most successful programs in all of sport. I mean, since Coach K, Duke has been as successful as any sports program in major sports in America. UNC, all they did was win three with with Roy and then another two with Dean Smith. So they've got five in our lifetime. They're eight miles apart. They play each other a minimum of two two times a year. I mean, this to me is the best rivalry in all of American sports, and I don't care about the rest of the world. I mean, USA, USSR hockey back in the 80s was pretty big. We know that. There's other things that are rivalries, but for this to be here, and I'm glad it's not in the finals because that means Kansas wouldn't be there, but for this to be happening here in the final four with all this, the, this aligning, I don't know why this isn't a bigger story. Personally, I think it'll probably gain more steam as the week goes on. And I'm in a bubble. I don't watch national like ESPN and stuff unless it's a game. So is there a lot more buzz than I'm saying about this? Because this to me will be, it's going to be tough to to top a sporting event than what's going to happen in the final four with UNC and Duke. And the the thing that makes it so powerful is, yes, it's Mike Krzyzewski's last game, but it's also the first time ever these two teams will meet in the NCAA tournament. And oh, by the way, it's the final four. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the ratings for this are going to be huge. I, I, got? I, I, I can't, I, they, they made, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's going to match the Super Bowl, but it could come close because. No, no, it's not going to get even a hundred million people. I, I don't know. I, I, I think this, it, it's compelling. It, 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 it doesn't get better than this to have, Everyone knows Duke, North Carolina is the rivalry in college basketball. So I might be acting into hyperbole here just yes. because I, I think it's incredible. But it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I I mean, the the reason North Carolina is here is because they went into Cameron Indoor Stadium and beat Duke in Mike Shashevsky's last home game as the Duke head basketball coach. And I think that's also why Duke is here. So. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be in New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans knows how to party. So, You going to bet it? No. (laughs) Uh, -uh. 
And I won't bet Kansas either. I thought about it, but I think Jay Wright is going to be the new Mike Krzyzewski. I think Jay Wright is a hell of a basketball coach. And I think he's going to be the next Mike Krzyzewski with what he does with Villanova. He's already started it with the run that Villanova has been on since 2015. But I no, I won't bet either game. It's it, It's stressful enough to watch college basketball without betting on it. I, I don't have that. I can't do it. Any other year, Kansas Villanova is the main course. Oh, yeah. And this year it's like, eh, eh who cares? Kansas Villanova. <laughs> eh. Bill no Self, deal. Jay Wright, two great programs. We yeah. want Duke, North Carolina. I'm I'm with you though. I think Jay Wright's gonna be the best coach in college basketball once Shashevsky sets uh, sits down. I there, there's no question about it. I'm also not 100 percent sure that Shashevsky doesn't come back and coach again. Was he gonna pull a Tom Brady? <laughs> He's like, sorry, dude. Uh, I'm going to come back and coach again. Move on over just for a few minutes, just for a few more years. Like if he loses in devastating fashion to UNC, he's just going to end his career that way. If he wins. Okay. I don't see him coming back. If he doesn't win though, if he loses, especially to UNC, he's yeah. not coming back. Come on, man. Yeah. I totally he's coming agree. back. Yeah. Right. I did want to switch it back. You mentioned the Rockies, and that got oh, please do that please. got me thinking about McGregor Square. And I I've ripped on Dick Montfort and and the Rockies mm -hmm. for putting all their money into the wrong things. If you haven't been to McGregor Square, which is outside of Coors Field now, it's this giant like sports bar area with the Broncos ownership situation with the owner meetings down in um, Palm Beach Springs, Florida this week. Joe Ellis was talking about how there has been talk about the Broncos potentially building a new stadium. And I, I, as a fan and as someone who lives in the metro area, I hope and pray that does not happen. They are in a perfect situation with where this stadium is at. And there's been talk about updating and upgrading the area around Mile High to make it more of a destination place with whether it's hotels and restaurants, there's going to be uh, a video gaming center, uh, an esports gaming center that could potentially be coming in the next couple of years to around mm -hmm. Mile High. I hope that that's what they do. If, if anything, use Dick Montfort to help build up that area around Mile High. Because if you build an airport or if you build a stadium out by the airport, oh. it is going to be a nightmare to get out there to it. Yeah, especially for people south of the city like us, and then west of the city and north. I mean, basically, actually only, anywhere. Yeah, the, the it's only, closer to Kansas than it is to us. The only people, right, that that would be horrible. The only people who would benefit for that are the ones who live off of E four seventy in Eastern Aurora. No, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. I I, don't. I I I don't like. And they just built this stadium twenty years ago. It's not like it's out of date. It's not like yeah. you're, you're taking Bears' then-mile-high stadium and tearing it down along with McNichols and building then-Invesco field at mile-high. Just upgrade it. It's not – I mean, it's still a great stadium. Just upgrade the, the things or the, the area around mile-high. Take the, the south parking lot and add stuff to it. There's no need to build a new stadium. I think that we're going to leave it at that. Don't build a new stadium. Um, I would I would go one step further and say in this town that fans should never have to foot the bill for a stadium. 
Not a penny. Not a penny. No, no, no I'm serious. That, and that's a different subject for another day. They given should... What's going on in New York and now potentially Tennessee, who also just built a new stadium. Yeah. And now they want to build a new one and have the taxpayers put the bill well, in Nashville. I mean, if the Broncos, the Broncos aren't leaving here if you don't build them a new stadium. No. Okay. That's not, not, I mean, maybe in 20 years from now if they don't want to, but they're not moving. Ball arena's great. That's not happening. And then course view, everything is great here. We don't have to worry about this. But I, honest to God, like Buffalo's a little different because Buff the Bills could leave and go to a different market. So they almost are in a corner to where they have to help a little bit. And Josh Allen actually saved them. Like that organization multiple times could have moved. And now Josh Allen is there and they're like, oh, hold on a second. We found uh, hundreds of millions of dollars for you because he's going to win. But you don't have sports teams, man. It, it is devastating to a lot of these cities. It really is. Um, well, it's I'll, just a part. I'll you think of Denver, a, you think of the Broncos. Oh, absolutely. I'll throw out another one. There's talk now yeah. of a, a, a new stadium for the Chiefs. And I didn't realize this, but apparently a lot of Chiefs fans will be uh, more than upset if, if they move to Kansas. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that there was that budding rivalry between the Kansas part of Kansas city and oh, the they Missouri hate part of Kansas. City. Yeah. That goes back to the civil war and how the, uh, Missouri, Nevada, Missouri, they celebrate bushwhacker days when they celebrate the, uh, the rebels, no, not the rebels, the Confederates from Missouri going up to Lawrence and, uh, murdering a whole bunch of, uh, union folk. So that goes back a long way. There is not a rival like the, the Colorado rivalry with Kansas. Uh, there really isn't one. There's no rivalry quite like Missouri and Kansas. Yeah. Truly, truly, because that true, goes back to the Civil War. The true border war. Yeah, and I, and I hate Missouri just because I went to Kansas. Seriously, like I hate Missouri. I cannot stand the whole state. Um, the plaza is nice in Kansas City. Besides for that, screw Missouri. <laughs> I'm just done with them. Okay, my friend. Wonderful to talk with you. We went a lot of different places. Yeah, we did. Uh, and I'm glad it did. Plug everything you do between the Twitter and the Play Colorado. You can follow me at Ian St. Clair. I talk all Broncos sports betting stuff that's coming in potentially Missouri and Kansas and Georgia. Um, and then PlayColorado.com is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, opinion, features on anything sports betting and gambling to help you make, your, to help make you a safer and smarter better spectacular love talking with my friend ian st Clair. we're going to dig into the abs just a little bit more with mark springer altitude 92.5 he's our abs insider here and then before the end of the show a couple quick thoughts on the final four and um i, I won't talk more rockies because i already did that I'll, I'll do a lot more rockies next week and i want to talk about the nfl overtime rules too thanks to ian stick around more than denver city cast presented by bet rivers to come Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Let's keep rolling here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, our Abs Insider. His name is Mark Springers with Altitude 92.5, and I think he brings us some good news on this Wednesday. Hello, Mr. Springer. The other night, the sky was falling. Everything was over for the Abs. Actually, you know, 15 minutes ago, it was over because I thought that McKinnon was going to be out. They missed the first round of the playoffs. They'd lose to, or they'd lose in the first round of the playoffs to Vegas, and then it would all go to hell. But. 
you have something better to tell us today. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Holden. Yeah, about 20 or so minutes ago from you know when we're taping this, uh, news came down that Nathan McKinnon is back at practice. Uh, he was taking some shots. He was skating around. Uh, so obviously, uh, he was out last night with an upper body injury, which we all believe to be some sort of a hand, maybe a wrist injury from his fight with Matt Dumba over the weekend when they played in Minnesota, lost mm-hmm. three to two in overtime. Nathan McKinnon finished that game. We didn't think anything was wrong. I, I guess, you know, the adrenaline was running for, for for him, so he didn't feel anything really in his wrist or hand until after the game, and then he had to fly back to Denver, and then the sky began to fall because uh, we thought maybe Nate was going to be out into the first round of the playoffs with this hand injury, although we didn't know. You know, he could have been back. Uh, before the playoffs started, but if it was a broken hand type situation, that would have been about the timeline. And obviously, somebody with as deadly a shot as him, you need your hand. But here we go. Good news today. Nathan McKinnon is back at practice, taking some shots. Will he play uh, tomorrow night at home here in Denver against San Jose? Probably not. But there's a really good sign that he's going to be just fine and he will be back for the playoffs. All right, so I think it's stupid when stars get into fights. This is just me, though. And this is a longtime hockey fan here. And I, I'm i old enough, Springer, probably before you were born, to remember when guys would go out of their way to fight Wayne Gretzky, and then he'd have, like, his one fight of the year and be like, no, don't stop doing it. His hands are too valuable. How do you handle this with McKinnon? Because you don't want to take away his spirit, but it's just dumb to fight. It's just there's no upside whatsoever. I am sure that the team will talk with Nathan McKinnon, and that will probably be the last fight of Nathan McKinnon's career. I won't never say never. No, not of his career, but how about for this year? Can we just do this year first? Certainly for this year, but look, I'm sure that this this will be a new thing. You know, maybe when Nate's walking down the halls in September next year, someone will whisper, don't fight. You know, like... Like, they'll just kind of pound that into his head. Don't fight. Don't fight. But but here's the thing. And look, here in Denver, it was like people were taking sides, right? Half of the people were like saying what you're saying, Olden. Your star player should never fight. And then I and others were saying, look, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Should Nathan McKinnon be fighting? Probably not. But no, I'm he should not. No, 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 no. Not probably not. He should not be fighting. There's no reason for your best player because if he's gone, you're not winning at all. So yes. please, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you're making your case. I'm sorry. It's very well, frustrating. No, 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 but you're not wrong. You, you you are not wrong. I'm just trying to let people understand that this is who Nathan McKinnon is. He is wired differently. So what's done is done. And and what happened in that game against the Wild was his buddy. A guy he's played longer with than anybody, Nico Rantanen, got blown up by Matt Dumba. Now, it it seemed to be a clean hit, but it was a big hit. And Nathan McKinnon was right there. And Nathan McKinnon is just wired differently. He's a lunatic. He's kind of freaking crazy. I mean, look at some of the things that this guy does. He plays with fire. He plays with a ton of emotion. And so in that split second, Nathan McKinnon is just the type of guy who's going to fight. Now, they are going to probably do whatever they can to, to, to tell him that that's not a smart decision. But 
it speaks to the type of player that Nathan McKinnon is. And if you look at it like that, do we want him fighting? No. But that's part of the reason he's as good as he is. He has a screw loose in his brain. So with all the positives come some negatives. That's a negative. But if that's the negative of all the positives and that's just the way that dude's built, then okay. I understand it. All right. You can understand it all you want. But what happens if they don't have him? in the playoffs for the first round. Look, I mean, now listen, it's probably not going to happen. He's skating. This is great, but let's play worst case scenario. His hand was totally messed up. It's not working for him. How screwed is this team without Nathan McKinnon? Yeah. If they don't have Nathan McKinnon, they're not winning a Stanley cup. So correct. And could, could they advance deep in the Western conference? Yeah, they could. Because honestly, I think they have the best player in the NHL healthy. I think Kale McCarr is the best player in the NHL. It was really fun to watch him work last night without McKinnon. Now, one of my favorite bets last night was Kale McCarr over two and a half shots on goal at like minus 160, moved up to minus 175-ish, closer to puck drop. Uh, he only had two. He only had two shots on goal. Obviously, Valeri Nachushkin had two goals. I think Kadri threw six shots on net. Uh, so it wasn't a Kale just whipping shots from the blue line. I, like, I thought maybe it would be with McKinnon out. But he still is – he was the anchor of that team last night. So Kale McCarr can carry this team pretty far, which is weird that a defenseman can be that that anchor back there that everything runs through. He's kind of like a Jokic, Holden. I mean, he everything yeah. runs through Kale McCarr. He's, he's playing damn near half the game right now. He's playing almost 30 minutes a night. Uh, so, I mean, he is really what makes this team go. But if you want to win the thing, if you want to be one of these strong Eastern Conference teams in the finals, then yes, you need Nathan McKinnon. And yes, that's why he needs to protect himself. But I kind of like having a little bit of a psychopath on our side. He, that's what I separates know. him from Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon's got that FU, and Connor McDavid really doesn't have that FU. Connor McDavid doesn't have a busted hand. Well, hey, maybe you've got to have some FU, though, to, to get out of that first round and go deep in the playoffs. Maybe you do. Maybe he needs more of that. Real quick, uh, thoughts on the Calgary victory, and then the Sharks are coming up. So any thoughts on the win, the 2-1 win over Calgary, and then the Sharks, who, I mean, come on, shouldn't be that tough to beat them. Well, I mean, the two games, the two-game road trip, trip there at Minnesota, at Calgary, those were possible – if not likely, playoff previews, wild second-round matchup, claims, uh, Western Conference Finals matchup. Now, the Minnesota game, you lose four-on-three overtime. Eric Johnson takes a cross-check with like 10 seconds to go in regulation, tied at two, and so you have to play four-on-three overtime. You're not going to see four-on-three overtime in the playoffs, and they lose on that wild power play in overtime. So that's just a scenario that won't happen in the playoffs. So... You know, that's probably a 20-minute overtime that's a five-on-four penalty to start. Avs PK has been much better of late. It's now top 10 in the league with some of the additions they've had, like Lekkanen, Cogliano, Sturm. Those guys are playing on the PK. Kale McCarr is now firmly entrenched on the PK. He was not earlier in the season. Uh, so the Avs probably kill that that uh, power play from the Wild if it's five-on-four in the playoffs. 20-minute overtime uh, continues, and we see what happens. Uh, but it was a regular season, four-on-three overtime. You can't take any stock in that. Last night against Calgary, going into that game without Nathan McKinnon, no Landeskog, Gerard, Byram, etc. How mm -hmm. can you really take any stock in that as a playoff preview? And then they go and win in Calgary, in their own building. They win 2-1. to one. So, uh, I, I mean, it's just more evidence that this team, you know, even without a McKinnon and Landeskog, do you need them over the long run? Absolutely. 
-hmm. but you're still on the level of a Calgary in their building, well, that means that this team is pretty damn good. And as far as San Jose tomorrow night, you know, I'm sure that there was a, a rally around the idea that you're without Nathan McKinnon last night. Does that wear off tomorrow night? You know, now you have a little more comfort knowing Nate is probably back soon. Do they sleep on the Sharks a little bit? They're going to be shorthanded tomorrow night. Again, it's 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 a Thursday night game against the Sharks. The Avs should win. The Avs should cover the one and a half. Uh, but, you know, it's a game that will there be juice to it? I don't know. Uh, but the Sharks are competitive, so it, it should be a fun game. All right, Nathan McKinnon. We'll find out more about him. Make sure you listen to Springer between the pipes. Uh, that's what you need to do after every single avalanche game. Tell them all about it. Where do they find you on the Twitter machine? And I appreciate you hopping on and give us your thoughts on that because I love disagreeing with people. <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at Just Mark ask my Mark. wife Between yeah, the pipes. Mark A. Mark. Airs after every abs game on Altitude Sports Radio 92. Point five and yeah, hold in. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's back. He's fine. The fight was totally worth it, man. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, I'm going to close this thing out with some thoughts on the final four and a new NFL rule that we're going to discuss as well. This is the Denver city cast presented by bet rivers. No more football. No problem. Bet rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball and more. Don't miss out on BetRivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same-game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at BetRivers. Get started with life after football with a BetRivers app. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, some final thoughts here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. If you look at the upcoming games for the NBA basketball, men's basketball on Bet Rivers, you will see the lines. Nova plus four and a half against Kansas, 132 and a half is the total. I already bet the under on that one. It was 133 and 132 and a half. Uh, Duke in North Carolina, Duke minus four and 151 is the total. So that went up from 150 and a half to 151. I wouldn't be surprised if more money comes in, pushes it over. North Carolina on the money line is plus 163. I think that's a great number there. Um, and then they have the futures. So Villanova gets past Duke or past Kansas and they play Duke. That total is 134, where again, Duke is minus four. And that total of 134, I would go under. On that, once again, if you wanted to get a future. And again, if it does, if the game doesn't play, then you get your money back. Um, so these are alternative futures here. Duke, Kansas, 150, 150, and a half. I think that if you think that that is going to be the championship, I do. And you want to bet an over here, I wouldn't blame you. Over 150 and a half. This is the same thing as North Carolina. Uh, the only thing I would say as the North Carolina game, the only thing I would say is I think that Kansas Villanova game is going under. So maybe just maybe there's not quite as much gusto behind the over, but I like the over there. North Carolina Villanova 134, like the under North Carolina, Kansas 150 and a half, like the over. So I think if, and you really, and these are leans, but you really, if you want to look ahead and get some of these lines here, I think the look-ahead lines and getting in on some of these numbers, especially on the total, especially on the total, 
would be advantageous. And look, Kansas is a half a point favorite over Duke. Do you think if Duke beats North Carolina and then Kansas wins an ugly game against Villanova that Duke is going to be a dog by a half a point? I don't. I, it wouldn't surprise me if, a, if the last number one seed was actually a dog if Duke is in there just because of a lot of public money coming into back Duke. But I think it's kind of fun uh, looking at these futures odds between the four schools. Okay, last but not least, the NFL actually listened to you, by the way, believe it or not. Because all of the outcry after overtime with the Bills and the Chiefs where the Chiefs only got the ball and everybody in the world was upset about it, well, the owners had a 29-3 victory for a new overtime rule ensuring that both teams get a possession in the extra frame. So it's only for the postseason though, okay? Because the team winning... The coin toss has won 10 of the 12 meetings. They're 10 and two since the new OT format began in 2010. Okay. So you had the sudden death then you had this one. And I'll say this, this is great. And even Roger Goodell said, we're listening to the, we always listen to the fans. That's an important thing. BS. You don't always listen to the fans. Usually you are tone deaf to the fans. But in this instance, there was such an outrage, such an uproar. You had players that were upset. You had some coaches that were upset. You had some owners that were upset. All of that came together. And that, my friends, is why we have the new overtime. Now, you will hear, why don't you do it in the regular season? Well, you don't do it in the regular season for a couple of different reasons. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe there's just one reason. You don't need the players going out and playing you know, 15 minutes of overtime as opposed to five minutes of overtime but it's only about 10 minutes during the season. I, again, if I'm a player, I already had my season extended to 17 games. I've got another game. No way in hell are you going to get me to play a full overtime um, and have both teams getting a shot to score. It's just not happening. And I think that's the biggest issue. And I wouldn't be surprised if the players decided to uh, fight back. And, and I like the overtime rule in the regular season, by the way. I'm fine with that, but... When everything is on the line in the playoffs, you got to have it. Week 17, are there some meaningful games where maybe you would like to see it? Yeah, yeah, but ultimately I'm fine. You're changing the rules for the playoffs. Yeah, because the playoffs are more important. Let's face it, okay? There was a, there was a prediction about the overtime rule, by the way. Um, one head coach told Tom Pellicero, many teams that get the ball first and score a touchdown will go for two rather than allowing the second team to do it and end the game. So it'll also be kind of exciting. Broncos get the ball against the Chiefs. Overtime, Russell Wilson, touchdown pass, Cortland Sutton. Little screen pass or a little dump off pass to Javante for two. All of a sudden, you got an eight-point eight lead. That, there's going to be a lot of cool little jockeying here. I'm excited about it. I like the new overtime rule, no doubt about it. I want to thank my guests once again, Ian St. Clair, Play Colorado. And my boy, Mark Springer, Altitude 92.5, our abs insider here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Whole bunch of bets for you today. I love Ian's thoughts on betting the Nuggets to win the division at plus 200 on Bet Rivers. Uh, again, we're rooting home our Joker, our Joker, our Jokic bet, our Joker. Does anybody else ever do that? We're rooting home our, our Jokic MVP bet at plus 650. We're rooting home our over 47 and a half Nuggets win. So I will be focused, locked in on this Nuggets Pacers game tonight. And always good to talk some Broncos as we're going to bet the over 
10 wins. That's the play on Bet Rivers minus 114. Thanks to Stephen Young, our producer as well. I'll be back tomorrow. Josh Applebaum from VEASAN, the mothership, going to join me to preview both Final Four games. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.